We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Detroit Lions travels to Green Bay and Lambeau Field, and they fall short to the Green Bay Packers, 22-23. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we're going to break down what happened with the officiating and all the the Detroit Lions miscues. We also have the Oopsie Doopsie of the Week and the Baller of the Week, and we have some NFC North news. Before we start the episode, I want to give a big shout out to Brock Kubarik for picking the title Robbery in Green Bay on episode 49 of the Pride Podcast. guys just 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 cut the goddamn music oh my god i can't listen to it right now cut cut the shit off <sighs> okay we got to talk about the green bay packers game on monday night football at lambeau field let's just start it off the lions fall up short to the green bay packers 23 to 22 Bullshit. before man before we get into this podcast, I just want to mention Peter will not be joining us today. And it's not because the Lions did not win this game. And I'll just put that out there. But let's get straight into it. So, man, where do we start with this game? You know, there, there was so much to this game. There was officiating that was very bad and very questionable. And if you were on Twitter, you were on any social media platform, you watched any ESPN, NFL Network Everyone's talking about this football game right now, how bad the officiating was. But there's more to this officiating game, more than just officiating to this football game. So, Malcolm, where do you want to start off with this podcast? I don't know where to start off with this podcast. Uh, To start off, I just want to, before I even talk about the rest right now, I'm going to talk about the mistakes that we made. Because I know a lot of people are saying, oh... It's not the ref's fault. You guys had a chance. You guys, you guys made a lot of mistakes. And you know what? They're right. We did make a lot of mistakes in this game. You know, we shot ourselves in the foot many times in this game. Now, I'm going to start off with the five field goals. Mm -hmm. Um, We had opportunities to score many times. Uh, I know everybody heard it. But we're kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. So, I think that was... One of one of the many mistakes that we made, especially being on the road playing against Aaron Rodgers, a lot of people, you know, we, we all know that. Another another big mistake that we made was that twelve men on the field play. Yep, during the field goal, fourth and five. Yeah, it was it was about to be thirteen to three. Three. It was about to be thirteen to three, and what do we do? We shot ourselves in the foot. We gave Aaron Rodgers. You know, one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game. 
another opportunity to score or score to score points in the red zone. That, that's exactly that's what he did. <laughs> that's something we can't do. Going three for thirteen on third down. Bruh. That's not going to get it done, mm-hmm. especially being on the road. You, you know, when you're playing against the Packers, you you know you got the the division on the line for who's going to be in first place. You got to play almost a perfect game, and going three for thirteen on third down, it's not going to get it done. Matthew Stafford, my quarterback. I love that guy. By the way, I want to let everybody you know. Everybody knows that Stafford's my guy. Stafford in the first quarter threw for one hundred and sixty-eight yards. That's what he did in the first quarter. Broke records. I think that's his record. Is that record of Lambo or? Uh, I don't know. It was, he was, it was, he was unbelievable, first, though. It was some first quarter record. Stafford looked. He was on fire. He was launching the ball all over the field. Flippy you know flicker. his accuracy downfield was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he threw for 168 in the first quarter. Quarters two through four, he threw for 90, 97 yards. What the fuck happened? Yep. That's not going to get it done. And in the game with 265 passing yards, that's not going to get it done in Lambeau. Carry on Johnson. Second year back. You know, high expectations for this guy. Everybody looked at Carry on, looked at him as a savior, looked at him as a Barry Sanders 2.0. Everybody looked at Carry on that he was going to lead this, this rushing attack with Bevel behind him, and we're going to have a running game. Carryon Johnson had 13 rushing attempts for 34 yards with a 2.6 yards per carry. And that's not going to get it done. Our pass rush? That pass rush that we had, that we thought it was going to be top five in the league going into this offseason, this pass rush that we spent so much money on in the offseason, it didn't exist. What the hell yep. was that? That, that, that? That pass rush, it's like, there's like no speed. There's no speed on that defensive line. All of them look slow. All of them look like they're just stuck on on on, on the offensive lineman. Is we're not we're giving Aaron Rodgers so much time in that pocket that he could have probably taken a nap, woke up, and threw a pass and completed it. That's how bad it was. Yeah. We're not gonna win games. Without a pass rush, we're not going to win games rushing for 34 rushing yards with Carryon Johnson. We're not going to win games when Stafford's only throwing 97 yards in three quarters. We're not going to win games kicking five field goals. Those stuff happens. You know, those are the mistakes that we made in this game. And yet, with all those mistakes, we still should have won this game. Exactly. I was just going to get into that. With all those mistakes you mentioned, the Lions still arguably played the better football game. They... They played the better game, and you say, how? How did the Detroit Lions play a better game after all those things we just listed? No pass rush. Stafford only threw 97 yards in three quarters. No run game at all versus one of the worst run defenses. How were the Lions in position to win this football game? And I'll say this, man. That defense, even without getting pressure, still kind of played a very good football game if you really look at it because if you look at that second half we it was what was it 13 to 13 i believe going into the half so it was 13 13 going into the half green bay didn't score till like midway through the fourth quarter and the only way they did score was because of a penalty a very bad penalty called and you guys are going to be like, okay, these are just like the most typical fans. Blame every game on the on the referees. And I'm actually the exact opposite of that. When we were talking about the Kansas City football, the Kansas City game um, two weeks ago, I never mentioned anything about the officiating. I never did. And there was arguable calls in that. There's going to be arguable calls in every single football game. I'm not saying there isn't. But the amount of calls that we had our way or not our way, I should say, is just how do you expect to win a football game when you're when you're, uh, Trey Flowers is putting his hand his hand on his shoulder and calling you know illegal hands to the face? How are we expected to win? You cannot gift Aaron Rodgers first downs. We stopped them. Our defense played well enough, even without all, all we had all the controversy of or no pass rush, 
and we're giving Rodgers all this time in the pocket. After all of that, this defense still played well enough to win the football game. Our cornerbacks stepped up. Our secondary in, in general stepped up. We stepped up when we needed to step up. Was it a clean football game? Hell no, it isn't. But would I rather have the Lions win an ugly football game than this happen? Yeah, of course I'd rather have us win a football game. What I'm saying is, even after all of that, they played better than the Green Bay Packers. They played better than the Green Bay Packers. And it's it's just ridiculous of the penalties every single year. It happens every single year. We have this one game that the Lions just get totally robbed from a football game. And you could make the argument that the Lions should have been in position where it should have not even been a close game. Fair, fair. It, you have a point to say that the Lions should have maybe not even been in that situation. But it is the NFL at the end of the day. Shit's going to happen, man. You're not going to always play your cleanest football. It's just never going to happen. And you're playing a very good football team in Green Bay. And their defense is damn good. So the you know, argument saying the Lions should have not even been in that position to get screwed, I disagree. Just because the fact that it's the NFL. It's the NFL. There's going to be close games all game. Every, there's so many close games in the NFL. There's not that like one advantage. And yes, the Lions could have played better and maybe not been in the situation, but that doesn't matter. They that, that doesn't take away that they got screwed over from winning this football game. It doesn't. It's like, sure, Captain Obvious will say, yeah, they could have played better, but that's just not fair because we saw Green Bay got away with a bunch of shit. You know, you could make the argument where Rodgers slinged that ball to what well, the guy named Lizard. If I'm, I'm yeah. sorry if I mispronounce his name, you know, had the touchdown after replay. We see him one yard short. We see Tracy Walker get an unnecessary roughness for making a football play, you know, trying to get an interception. That got me hot. Get, got out a 15 yard penalty on Jerron Moe Allison. What I'm saying is, though, even though how we could have played a better football game, I, I, I don't disagree with that, like I said, but. It's it's even harder to win when you're getting these shitty ass calls, and this the shit that pisses me off too. It wasn't consistent on both sides. If there were going to be shitty calls, at least make it consistent on both <laughs> on both ends. Because we saw Marvin Jones by Will Redman literally get his whole arm wrapped around Marvin Jones's neck. No pass interference. We see the Green Bay Packers have 13 men on the field, not 12, 13 men on the field. Frank Ragno has his ball. Frank Rango touched the ball. Their formation to snap the ball. Yes, they did call a timeout. But under NFL rules, we saw when the Lions had 12 men on the field, they called the penalty because they were in formation to snap the ball. When Detroit was in formation to snap the ball, Green Bay had 13 men on the field. That should be a penalty. That should be a penalty. They should not have been rewarded with the timeout. That's all I'm going to say. It's just it's even more difficult to win when you have the officials against you and you're playing against your back at Lambeau Field and I had a very good Green Bay Packers team and, like you said, a top quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. It's just not easy to win in that game. So th that's what I have to say about it, man. I just, it, I'm hot. Tyler, I'm going to let you know I, I, because the, the rules are a little different with, with the offense and special teams. And I had to look this up because I was wondering the same thing. I was like, why the hell – were we in position to snap the ball and they didn't get a flag for 13 men on the field being you know having 13 men on the field at the same time in special teams if your kicker's lined up and there's more than 11 guys on the field they will call the flag um, for 12 men on the field on offense the quarterback actually has to snap the ball Okay, I, so, I actually I actually did not know that. Yeah, so so that's the reason why like, you see Rogers do all the time. You know, he runs to the line and he quickly yeah. snaps the ball just so he can get that twelve men on the field. Mm -hmm. So offense, yeah, you, they have to snap the ball. So I'm not really at that play. You know, they call timeout. Good job by the coaching staff. And again, I'm not taking anything away from Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers is a, like I said one one of the best quarterbacks in our generation. You know. Probably in the, one of the best in, in the history of the game. I think he might go down as you know, top five, top five quarterback. 
But there was a lot of plays in that game, a lot of questionable calls that those refs made that did decide the game. I'm not going to go through all of them because you went through a lot of them, like that Tracy Walker, um, unnecessary roughness when he was just going after the ball. And, yeah, the, the, head, the head's touched, but I think the NFL, I think the, this stuff is going to continue to happen because I think right now the NFL and officiating, I think, is broken. It's broken right now because, yeah, you're going to say, oh, um, they're seeing it by the naked eye. It's a bang-bang play, and we're watching it in slow motion. I get that. You know, they're human. But these are professional referees. If they don't have the technology to fix it as far as making it, making the slow motion and our eyes watching at home and what they're seeing match up, they, they need to do a better job at doing what they're doing. How about mm-hmm. not call calls unless you're 110% sure that it's an actual call? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't say, oh, I, I, I saw his head go back. I think he, I think that was um, hands to the, to the face. But they're just, they're just calling what they see. Like, they're just calling calls just to call it. And the, the NFL is broken as far as the officiating. And they're still trying to work on it. And it's not going to get fixed no time soon. This whole yeah. pass interference challenge shit, is like, it's, that's like the dumbest thing I've ever seen in football. It's, it's, it just doesn't make sense. It's like it's so dumb that coaches are scared to challenge plays because they're like, okay, they're not reversing shit. <laughs> like, yes, it's passing interference, but is it obvious to you that's passing interference? It's obvious to me it's passing interference. But is it obvious to you? Is it, is it, is it, is it obvious to you that it's passing interference? And these refs are not calling it. They're going by what they first called. And I think they're like, what, 24 for, for 25? I think they yeah, reversed like some, one call. It's, it's, it, I don't know about one call. I believe it's a little more than that. But whatever. No, it's, it's, I honestly, it's very I honestly think it's just one. I think they're 24 for 25. And it's just, it's just, it's just dumb. Now, yeah. to, to the plays that, like I said, it cost us the game. There was, we're in the fourth quarter. The score was 22 to 13 with 10 minutes and 11 seconds on the clock. It was third and 10. Aaron Rodgers is on our 45. We sack him. Aaron Rodgers gets sacked. By Kevin Strong. By Kevin Strong. Hell, hell of a play by Kevin Strong. He gets sacked. Moved them out of field goal range. They were going to punt the ball to Detroit with 10 minutes and 11 seconds left on the clock. Now, who knows what could have happened. If we would have dreamed the clock down three minutes, I'm not going to say we were going to score. But we would have dreamed the clock two, three minutes, maybe force them to use timeouts. It would make them a lot harder to march down the field and, and score two points. Because they will have to, it's a two possession game. They'll have to score and then score again. Mm-hmm. So if you're in five minutes, it makes the game a lot tougher for you to do that in five minutes. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's Aaron Rodgers. Who knows what he could do? He might throw two Hail Marys. Who knows? But I think that that play definitely could have changed the outcome of the game. Yeah. The well, last you, play. Honestly, yeah, you look at the second one as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the second one was the ultimate. Game deciding play. The ultimate. Now, when I look at game deciding plays or, oh, we got screwed over, they got screwed over, you always say this. Like, when the Saints got screwed over last year from that pass interference, they had many opportunities to win that game afterwards. Um, going into that, uh, you know, stopping the, the, the Rams to going to overtime and having the ball, they had opportunities. When you look at our mishaps in the, few, in the past, you say, well, you know what? Detroit had opportunities. When we're in the, in the 2014 playoffs, when Pettigrew got that pass interference, when it didn't exist, we had opportunities after that game. This, this flag, this penalty, didn't give us opportunity to do anything. Once they called that play, that was the deciding, the deciding play of the game. There was nothing you could do after that. We had no timeouts. It was under a minute left. And the Packers were like in our, in our 10. The only thing that they could have did, what they tried to do, is let them score. 
Let yep. them score. Get our offense a chance to go back on the field and try to put up some points. But the refs took took that chance from us, and we lost the game. Now, I just want everybody to know, just because the refs did that does not mean oh, we were going to get the ball back, we are going to march on the field and score. I'm not saying it does, But you got rid of the opportunity. Exactly. Got, got rid of the opportunity, took away our chance to at least make something happen. Mm-hmm. We just held. We just needed a field goal. Yeah, and our kicker Stafford, has been money all day. Yeah, Stafford f- with 55 seconds, 55 seconds to get in the field goal range, it's a high possibility. So pretty much, I mean, I'm just, I'm not even, I'm not even pissed off. I'm just, just disappointed because this shit like it happens year after year after year, and I'm, I'm glad that it was on Monday Night Football. I'm glad everybody got to see it because if it was just a regular game in Detroit, there'll probably be like one, probably one media outlet talking about it. Everybody else wouldn't care, but I think because the whole world. Saw it. Hell, Barry Sanders tweeted. It, and this is the thing that st- when it's serious, when Barry <laughs> Sanders makes a tweet about something, it is real. Because Barry Sanders, even when he played, he was quiet. Barry Sanders didn't say anything. Barry, the, the, the Lions could have been down by 30 points. You just see Barry Sanders side like, man, you want me to run again? <laughs> like, he didn't ever say anything. But he, Barry Sanders went on Twitter. And we're just talking about how bad the fishing was. That's when you know it's real. Coaches were coming out. Uh, you know. Players in the NFC North. <laughs> <laughs> Bears and Vikings people tweeting about this. Even man. Clay Matthews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Former Packer, man. Former Packer was like, hey, man, this shit ain't right. I feel bad for the Lions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you know I, I, I'm glad everybody feels bad. Everybody's like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm glad we're getting some respect. Everybody look at us. We don't. They don't look at us as a as a mediocre Lions. They look at us like a really good team, and they actually it, we're getting a lot of notice right now. I like that. But the sorries, I feel bad. All that stuff ain't gonna do shit. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Even the, the the officials. I mean, they haven't came out yet. Usually, they usually say sorry within twenty four hours. They got. They said sorry for the second one. Oh, they said sorry for the second one. They said they they messed up on the second. Hands uh, to the face. Oh. Uh, well, There's that. <laughs> don't accept your apology. I can tell you that right now. Because shit happens yeah. after the year. Yeah, it same, same shit. Same shit. Bro, you got to think about it. We could have been 3-1-1 right now instead of 2-2-1. Two, two, and one, and it could have been first in the division instead of last in the division. We're right now last in the division right now. Yeah. We'll get more into the NFC North report. But, yeah, we're last in the division right now because of this game. And, yeah. and, that, and that makes such a huge difference. Now, I mentioned this. Now, now Green Bay's 3-0 in the division. They're not five and one. There's a lot of football left, but but what I'm saying is, they're in a really good driver's seat right now. They're in a really good position to kind of just like take over and win this division. And I hate to say, but this, these are the type of games that like can cost you a division, can cost you in a playoff appearance, and you kind of really have no control over it. It just it just sucks, man. Yeah. But let's yeah. take a quick let's take a quick commercial break and we're gonna talk more about this Lions Packers game. But we'll be right back, guys. Alright guys, I'm gonna talk about ShipStation. You guys know about ShipStation at this point. I talk about it every single week and I love ShipStation. Alright, so when you're selling online, getting your orders could be a real pain. Time consuming, expensive, so many curious to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. They really are the best in the business. It's so easy to use it, and I love it. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage your shipping orders. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And they are really, and like I'm not just saying that, they actually help you save money. And it's so easy just to use one website. You can print labels very easily off ShipStation. And it's just, it's it's really worth it. It doesn't matter where you're selling it to. You know, it could be on Amazon, it could be Etsy, it could even be your own website. It's so easy. ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them real easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all major carriers, including the United Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. 
so you can compare and choose the best shipping solutions for you and your customers. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for all online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Pride Podcast listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. That's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, and enter code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blamed ourselves by saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or, sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. You try to make it feel like you're tired. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication. It is simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with a free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a real doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and a free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit and to get started, getroman.com slash bluewire. Europe. All right, we are back. And after dogging about the referees for about like 20 minutes, I kind of want to get more into this football game. Look the refs. <laughs> I'm actually, you guys cannot see me. Shout out to the D-line. I'm wearing a shirt that he sells actually. That uh, sells Detroit versus referees. And I got the shirt, I want to say, last year or two years ago. So it shows this has happened more than one time, obviously. <laughs> so, um, all right, but let's stop talking about the referees. We talked about them for like 20 minutes. Let's get in more into this football game, Lions and Packers, and what the Lions could have done better. So, Malcolm, we, when we talked about in our preview, talking about the Packers, what was our preview what do we say we have to do to stop this Green Bay offense? We said we had to stop this, this running game. We said that, um, you know, hopefully we could drop an extra man in the box, stop the running game, force Rodgers to pass. And going to that, they, they actually did a hell of a job on um, Aaron Jones. You know, Aaron Jones didn't look like the Aaron Jones from last, from the, from last week against uh, Dallas, yes. for sure. Um, they held him with 11, 11 attempts. 47 yards, mm-hmm. no touchdowns, and a hell of a drop. That that looked funny as hell. Like, <laughs> if you see his face and his eyes during that play, like, if anybody watches it, just, like, kind of pause it and look at his eyes. Like, he looks like, uh, like, uh, the ball. Like, he like he wanted the ball so bad, but he couldn't get it. Um, But, yeah, they shut they shut him out. But I, I just, you know, with Williams, they, they just didn't have any answer for him. Williams was running – up and down, side to side, running all around, running all over that defense. It seems like they did just not prepared for him at all because we saw once Aaron Jones had the drop touchdown pass, once he fumbled the ball to Ashawn Robinson. Hold up, let's talk about the drop touchdown pass of Aaron Jones. You have this conspiracy theory of Christian Jones. Tell the podcast of your conspiracy theory of Christian Jones. Christian Jones is he? Christian Jones was actually in coverage. On that play, he got beat bad. <laughs> he got mm-hmm. beat bad. It was bad. It, it looked terrible. It looked so bad that it looked like Aaron Jones was wide open. He was wide open. <laughs> he, he was wide open. But he dropped a wide open pass. And then when we go to that Eagles game, if anybody remembers that Eagles game, when 
the tight end was what's the tight end? Dallas name? Goddard. Dallas, Dallas Goddard. Goddard dropped a wide open pass, wide open, bounced right off his helmet, hands and helmet. You know what the coverage in that play? Christian Jones. <laughs> Christian Jones. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but whenever Christian Jones is covering somebody, <laughs> they're dropping wide open passes. Is it, it looks it looks bad. Yeah, but, this is a conspiracy theory by Malcolm. <laughs> I'm sorry to think maybe if we start putting Christian Jones against top wide receivers, let's <laughs> no. see what happens. Maybe they might drop wide open passes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who needs to resign Darius? Like, who needs to trade for Jalen Ramsey? Who just got traded to the Rams actually uh, the day of this recording? So who needs those guys? Then we have Christian Jones. Yeah, Christian Jones. He will get beat. He but will get are- beat. But they will drop it. <laughs> I can say that now. <laughs> he's man, had a pretty um, solid year, though, man. Yeah, he's, he's playing his ass off. He's playing his ass off. Um, I, I love what he's doing on the team. Just, just, just not in yeah. coverage. The coverage game needs to step up. Obviously, just no more coverage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely agree. But let's talk about yeah, Jamal Williams. The Lions. It's weird. Like, they did not have an answer for him. So they did a very good job stopping Aaron Jones, who is their number one running back. And we said that as our goal going into this game. Like, going in, that was our goal for what the Lions need to do on defense is to stop this run game. And they stopped Aaron Jones, but they literally had no answer for Jamal Williams. And Jamal Williams looked like Aaron Jones from the Dallas game. Maybe not as effective, not scoring as many touchdowns and all that, but he looked very good. And I want to get into some specific players on our defensive line. I want to start off with the guy we paid this offseason, the guy that held out, Damon Snacks Harrison, man. What is going on with him, man? I know we mentioned, could it be rust after like the first four weeks? But now we are in, we've played six weeks of football. We had the bye week, so we've played five weeks of football. But we're coming into week seven of the NFL season. And Damon Snacks Harrison looks nothing, and I mean nothing, like what he did at all last year when we acquired him from the New York Giants. He was really good last year, and once we paid Damon Snacks Harrison, it's just, I mean, do I dare say it? He's kind of been a liability this year. Like, he's not been good at all this year. I know he had the sack, but... He's not banged up this year. So, Malcolm, what are your thoughts on our man, Damon Snacks Harrison? I'm trying to figure out, like, what it is. Like, you look at last year, and last year, Snacks, Snacks Harrison was a human wrecking ball. He would destroy a running game by himself. The way he would push that pocket and just stuff the run by himself. He elevated everybody's game. He made Aishon look great. He made Kennard look great. You know, having him that second Jared. half of the year. Jared, Jared Davis also benefited from snacks. Last year, they, you know, that's why we're top 10 in, in, in defense. All because of Snacks Harrison. This year's a totally, totally different story. They're getting bullied. They're getting bullied by bad offensive linemen. They're getting bullied by good offensive linemen. They're getting bullied by everybody. They're just getting bullied. That, that, that defensive line just getting they, they're getting bullied. And it's not the same. They're not they don't have that same push. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't I don't know what it is. And I just hope they correct it because they paid snacks. You know, they they, they paid him. He he held out. They paid him. I don't know. Yeah, and not to forward think too much, but Kind of want to focus, you know, I want to focus all on the Packers, but we got Delvin Cook, we got Josh Jacobs, and we have Saquon Barkley the next three weeks. So um, those are definitely the three best backs we'll be facing all year or what we have faced so far throughout the year because we haven't really faced like a, a very dynamic running back. If you really think about it, like Philadelphia didn't really have a dy- dynamic running back. You know, Chargers have Eckler. He's he's pretty good. He actually did a pretty good job for us. Um you know, David Johnson's good, but with that offensive line, they're not that great. This was the real, like, Green Bay game was, like, the real test of how, like, you know, this this was the best running game we've faced all year so far. And 
they just had no answer for them. And this was their running back, too. This was their running back, too. And even though Aaron Jones got kind of seemed like benched, whenever he did get the opportunity, he, besides for the fumble, besides for the drop pass, whenever he ran for the ball, he actually always got a pretty good chunk. I don't know what his average was, but if I had to guess, I'm going to guess in the four or fives if I had to guess. I don't know exactly on top of my head. But it's just... It's been a repeating factor all year, man. And that is what this Lions defense is missing right now. Because you look at this secondary, man. They're they're balling right now. Their secondary is balling. But this defensive line that we've been hyping up all offseason, top five defensive line, it's just not looking good, man. It really isn't, you know. You could blame that on snacks. And our other money man trey flowers man where's he been i know he had this the two very bad calls you could tell i mean he's can i say he's even generating pressure not really never mind i'm not gonna even say that but what's your thoughts on trey flowers too man like this has just been a lot of question marks like where we thought we had a very good defensive line come to season now it just kind of looks like a below average defensive line do i dare say yeah i mean number Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers don't lie right now. And, you know, Trey Flowers, I think he's coming on his own and he's doing a hell of a job. But as far as getting sacks, being quarterback face all the time, he's not doing it. He's not doing it. I don't, I don't. Trey Flowers is a different type of edge rusher. You know, he's really good at what he's told to do whatever his job is maybe containing the edge you know setting the tone he can you know, they kind of move him around might want to they might rush him up the middle sometimes he does he's a solid he's a solid guy but he's not by far an elite edge rusher he's not an elite edge rusher um i don't know i, I think that's what we're missing and yeah. not, even, not, not even necessarily an elite edge rusher. We just need somebody that could just somebody that could just get off the ball fast. Somebody that just when they snap that ball, like just speed past the tackles and just get the quarterback. You know, this is a speed rusher. We just need somebody. Yeah. We are, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just hope it gets addressed because now it's it's looking like we're gonna go into the offseason. With the same goddamn problems that we had this offseason. It's looking for an edge rusher. If this is not fixed, we're gonna go into the we're gonna go into the offseason with the same problems we had last offseason, which is an edge rusher. Somebody that could get up the ball quick, generate constant pressure on the quarterback, and and help the, the secondary. And that secondary, they're doing a hell of a job. They're doing a hell of a job covering as long as they've been covering because that court, those quarterbacks have all day, and they're doing a hell of a job. They're doing whatever they can. Yeah, I mean, remember when I was telling you, uh, our secondary has been playing really well, and yes, their wide receivers are not great, but you don't want Aaron Rodgers holding that ball for too long. And this is exactly what I was worried about. This is exactly what I was worried about. Us not getting pressure on a quarterback, giving an elite quarterback, a very elite quarterback, that much time in the pocket. Like I said, I don't care who your secondary is. I don't care if it's Darius Slay. And I remember I made the statement saying, I can maybe even run the route. <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. But, you know, I, I made, you know, the joke saying, I can maybe run around and eventually get open with the amount of time we've been given quarterbacks. And and you, you guys saw that. We let, like, some no-name wide receivers get open. Some guys I never heard of going into this football game make dynamic catches. Who the hell was Darius Shepard? I don't know who the who hell the Darius Shepard was. This? Tony Lazard. Who are these guys? And <laughs> these guys are making plays out there against oh. Darius Slay, Justin Coleman, Rashawn Melvin, you know, our secondary in general. Who the hell are these guys? And like I said, man, I don't care who's that wide receiver. You give a quarterback that much time, especially the guy of Aaron Rodgers' capability, he's going to find someone open. And you could only guard someone for so long. It's just, it's almost impossible for a secondary. I'm, I'm like, give them so much props for how well they've done for what, you know, the defensive line has done for them this year. And Darius Slay and all the years past, I give him 
and this year's secondary so much credit because they're playing really well. Could you imagine what that secondary would look like if we had an elite pass rush? Oh, it would look. You know how good this defense. Would look <laughs> oh my like god! If we had an elite pass, just just substitute that Bears defensive line, and just substitute it. If we had that defensive line with our secondary, we would have a top five defense. You have a number. You have a top two defense, and you're not number two. If you yeah, have that. <laughs> yeah. If we had that with our secondary, I really there'll be, be a lot of turnovers. There'll be a lot. It'll be a. And that's that's the part that kills me because in the offseason, that's what we thought we were going to have. And they spend the money on it too, man. They spend the money on it. That's what we thought we were going to have. And it honestly looked like a last year defensive line 2.0. It yeah. looked like a 2. And, and the thing, this is sad. When Ziggy Ansah was healthy, when he played sometimes, we, he played sometimes. <laughs> when he was healthy, he was generating more pressure than the guys we have now. Yeah, that's not a good look. That's 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 not a good look. Yeah, and I want to talk about the Trey Flowers. You were saying he'll do his job, but like he's doing half his job, as I like to say right now. Because when we brought him in, no, we were not expecting the big sack number of Trey Flowers because that's just never been his game, and we weren't just expecting him to magically find a way to get 15 sacks or like 12 sacks at the end of the year. That's not what we were expecting. But acquiring this guy, the money we gave him, I expected him to get consistent pressure this year. Because I believe last year he was behind J.J. Watt in getting pressure. And that's what I expected out of this guy. And he's just not doing that right now. He's not getting pressure on the quarterback in time. He's giving them a lot of time. He's not playing well. And it's just, it sucks because our two... You know, biggest one, two of our biggest contracts on this football team right now are not doing shit for us right now. They're honestly, I wouldn't say Trey Flowers is a liability, but Damon Snacks Harrison has almost played like a liability this year. He really has. I was gonna say the only thing that could save that defensive line, there's only a few things that could happen that could save it. It's either a a magical trade happens before the trade deadline. They pull some shit out the hat and get a guy in here. That can co- generate constant pressure. That could save it. Hell, might even boost the whole defensive line, just like I did last year when we got snacks. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That's one. That's that's one thing that can save it. Another thing will be Deshaun Hand and Austin Bryant. If those two guys are able to come in, contribute, and play at a high level, I mean, it's it's it's, it's tough to ask of that for Austin Bryant to come in and save this defensive line. Rookie season, fourth round. His rookie pick. season. But we need some type of magic. We need somebody. We need him to play like Deshaun Hand did last year, how kind of like mid round pick, come in and ball out. That's what we need from Austin Bryant. Deshaun Hand, I know he might be rusty a few games, but he needs to shake that shit off, come in, and he's got to be that star. We're missing that star on the defensive line. We have a lot of names. If you like, if you look at the roster, the names is is awesome. Mm-hmm. Trey Flowers, Sayshawn Robinson, Snacks Harrison, Mike but Daniels. It, Mike Daniels. It doesn't mean shit if they're not doing nothing. Mike yeah. Daniels. I mean, he doesn't have a sack, right? No. Well, he's hurt, obviously. Right I know now. he's hurt he, now. I know he's hurt yeah. now. He played. He played what one game, two games. He played the first two. Well, he's activated for the Philly game, but got hurt early with the okay. foot injury. So yeah, he played Arizona and. Um, LA but yeah man I, I definitely agree and going back to scenario one trading for you know a, a defensive tackle or defensive end to generate pressure or stop the run whatever maybe I don't know if the Lions would want to spend more money at this position because if you think about it they've already spent so much money at the Trey Flowers they have spent money on Damon's next Harrison and Hold oh, up, I'm sorry. not saying I'm not saying to get a I'm not I'm not saying to get a big name. Yeah, I'm 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 not saying to get a big name. Yeah. Those, those, if you get a big name, that's they're gonna cost money. And that's what the fans, you know, that's what everybody wants. They want a big name. Oh, trade for shit, Aaron Donald. They'll say some shit like that. No, <laughs> man, not like not like a big name, but hopefully Patricia and and, and um Bob Quinn, you know, they, they scout these guys. And if they can get somebody that's maybe like a backup. 
that can play like a starter, or somebody that could just generate pressure. We need somebody that could just burst off that line and get the quarterback. That's all we need. Yeah. If they can I, get I, that, we can be fine. Or, yeah. or you know, maybe a team that's not doing so well, that's willing to trade an older piece that can still contribute, like a Cameron Wake. Who knows? Mm-hmm. If you get Cameron Wake in for cheap, he will generate pressure. Cameron Wake is 37 years old, folks. <laughs> Might be 38. I, I got to check. If he's 38, if he's still 37. But this guy is in, he's in great shape. He's in better shape than most, most tw- younger 20, like 20 year olds. And he can still generate pressure. It's better shape than me. I guarantee right now, Cam- Cameron Wake was on our team right now. He will probably be the best pass rusher we have on this team. That's bold. With the yep. names we have. And, it's just, and, that, and that's, that's bold. That's bold. That, I'm just saying from the way these guys are playing right now. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. Cameron Wake, at 37 years old, would probably be a better pass rusher than these guys. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, if we could get like somebody like a Cameron Wake, he could come in. Hell, just a, a one-year rental. He's 37 years old. I'm not asking for a lot. Hopefully, he could generate pressure. You know, a trade like that, that that'll, that'll work out. Or even, like I said, a backup or something like that. But yeah. I don't, I don't even know. Do you, this is going to the oopsie doopsie. Well, yeah, let's. I'm, I'm done talking about this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just done. I just want to get over with, and then we can start game plan for Minnesota. That's we got them Sunday, and that's not gonna be easy game. But you know, obviously, we'll get into that in episode 50. You know, what I realized I never even introduced. Like, I, I was so pissed off. I'd even say welcome to episode 49. Welcome to episode 49, guys. So, <laughs> um, let's get straight into this oopsie doopsie of the week. Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. I'm going to be straight with you. I'm not, I don't have jokes for you guys today. My oopsie doopsie of the week is the officials. And I explain my reasons for why they are the officials. Very missed calls. Um, awful calls against the Lions. And I, I know I'm going to get people saying it. It's a lame excuse. Sure. But I explained my reason why I don't think it is. And why... Now, I, I explain my reasons why this is the officiating. I don't think anyone on the line side of the ball specifically played bad enough to earn this reward. Yeah, you could say the argument of Snacks wasn't great, like we mentioned already. Or Trip Flowers wasn't great. But... I'm not going to give it to them because I, I think the officials just stand up. Because like we mentioned, the Lions played well enough to win this football game, even with all the shit that happened. Or, you know, take out you know all the bad calls. The Lions won this football game. So I'm going to give it to the officials for the, my oopsie doopsie of the week. Malcolm, since Pierre is not with us. Oh, shit. You are taking over the ball of the week. Oh, shit. And you have some choice. You have, I mean, some choices. No, I'm gonna no. give you. I'm gonna give you two choices. I'm gonna give you two choices. You're gonna give I, me two choices. Okay. Let's we see were ma- pick. we were mentioning a guy before, but we forgot about this guy completely. What about Matt Prater, man? Oh shit. Yeah. Like I, I know we were talking. We were talking about Justin Coleman. We were all sold on Justin Coleman for winning Baller of the Week. But I want you to consider this. I'm gonna give the decision to you. Oh but shit. I want. I want to throw a name out there. Matthew oh, freaking Prater. That man was clutch. It was like, God damn. He could have probably kicked those field goals with his eyes closed. Like, that would have <laughs> been dope if he would have ran to the sideline and said, give me the blindfold. <laughs> <laughs> and they just they put the blindfold over his over his, uh, his helmet, over his eyes, and just, he just kicked it. That would have been dope. And I believe he could have did it. Um, Damn. Matt Prater. We had Justin talk- Coleman. Yeah, we didn't talk yeah. about Matt Prater at all this yeah, game. We so. talking, we talk about him all, and we have um Justin Coleman, who for three quarters, I'll say, three three and a half quarters, looked like an elite quarterback, a quarterback, cornerback, cornerback. <laughs> he looked like an elite cornerback for three and a half quarters. He balled out, and this is the funny shit about Justin Coleman that I <laughs> watching him play. And next game you watch Justin Coleman, you probably notice it too. If he's covering somebody and they have the ball, look at his fist, dog. (laughs) (laughs) I promise you, I promise you, you'll see the exact same thing that I saw. His fist is balled up. That shit is so funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man, um, Justin Coleman, like I said, for three and a half quarters, this dude looked like an elite quarterback, a cornerback, cornerback. <laughs> then we have Ashawn Robinson. He had that, you know, force that fumble. Ashawn Robinson, this whole year, just been very productive, man. I know. One of our good defensive linemen this year. One of yeah, one of our very good defensive linemen. Um, since this is since this is Pierre's segment, and he did choose this person, we're gonna do a double. Okay. He, I'm gonna give you what his ball of the week, and I'm gonna just go ahead and give you mine. Um, okay. He okay. gave his ball of the week to Justin Coleman, and Justin Coleman, it was a deserve ball of the week because, like I said, for three and a half quarters, this dude looked elite. Not not good, not above average. He looked elite, breaking up passes left and right. Got the interception, which is, damn. Do you know when last time a lion corner not named Darius Slay got an interception? Hold up, hold up. Let me test my knowledge out here. One second. Let's see if you remember this. I can tell you who it was. Okay. I can tell you who the last person who did it. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I want, I want to figure this out. Okay. You, you should know who it was. Lions last cornerback not get, named not named Slay to get an interception. <sighs> Shit, I know this is not it, but I remember in 2016 in Houston, Johnson Benaposi got an interception, but that is not it. I know that is not it. Johnson Benaposti, you remember him? <laughs> Our special teams ace. Was he? He was. He was a cornerback. He was a cornerback technically. He was a corner slash safety. Oh shit! What? Why don't? Why? Why do not remember this? So who who was it though? Who'd you have? I thought it was Rasheen Mathis. <laughs> and what was it? Fourteen? Two thousand fourteen? Rasheen Mathis. But if this guy you say got an interception, I don't remember it. Let Let me see. Let me make sure he's a cornerback. I want to make sure he's a cornerback. I know he's mainly specialist, but he got a he got an interception. Two thousand six. Hey, he's a cornerback. He's a defensive back. So yeah, he did get an interception in Houston in two thousand sixteen. We lost the game, I believe, thirteen to seven. So there it is. Two thousand sixteen was the last time a cornerback not named Slay got an interception. And I just learned something new from Tyler because I did not. I didn't realize that. I thought it was Rasheed Mathis. Um, going back from 2014, but that's just how our line secondary been. We've been a one trick pony for that long. It's only been Darius Slay that's been getting interception in the cornerback position. You know, so this, that pick for Coleman was huge. It, it just it's just huge. So hopefully that's a trend that more of our cornerbacks are getting more interceptions. I can't believe I got the answer correctly. Honestly, I did not actually think it was Johnson, but <laughs> I thought I missed one. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, man. Johnson, yeah. it was like the end of that like first half. It was like a almost a bullshit interception too. <laughs> oh man, that's wow. that's that's sad. That's bad. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Let's but, let's get let's. Get, oh, okay. What were you saying? No, I was gonna say my my ball of the week because oh, yeah. I said it was I just a t- uh, I said Pierre's was. Justin Coleman, which is well-deserved. My ball of the week is going to go to the legendary kicker for the Detroit Lions. Matt Prater. Matt Prater. Like I said, he could have kicked it with with a blindfold on. Could have kicked it sitting down. I, I don't know. Like, he was just booting it anywhere. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's my ball of the week, man. He, mm-hmm. he well-deserved. You know, he he's my ball of the week. All right. Actually, you know what's weird? The Dolphins actually just released Johnson Benamosi one day ago. That's odd that we're talking about him. So. Yeah. All right, let's get into this NFC North report to end the podcast. So, Malcolm, what happened around the North this weekend? Um, last year, the Chicago Bears were so dumb, so we have to respect the division champs. And you have Aaron Rodgers sitting back saying, wait, 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 wait. Chicago Bears is cute, okay? Vikings are cute. Lions, yeah. I got this. The boogeyman is back, and the expectations for the Green Bay Packers are through the roof. I would say don't forget about the Lions as well. Wow. Okay, so just going to the standings with the NFC North, sh- sh- the whole shit just shifted around again. This division is still tight. It's very tight. Um, we have the Packers leading the division. With a five and one record, and the Packers are now three and zero in the division. 
Mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings, they are 4-2, and two, and they are 0-2 in the division. We have the Chicago Bears, who are 3-2, and two, and they have a 1-1. One one. They're 1-1 in the division. And then there's us, the Detroit Lions, sitting in fourth place in dead last with a 2-2-1 two, two and one record, and we are 0-1 in the division now just going through the games from the nfc north you know obviously we played the packers and the packers did get the victory versus us it was detroit lions versus the packers and the refs um so zebras (laughs) the zebras (laughs) so the packers and the zebras um they won the game and Mm -hmm. going to the bears the bears had a bye but seemed like they took a l over their bye week, as Hakeem Hicks is on IR. Yeah, I just heard about that. Yeah, it's crazy. he's on IR. So they lose their big defensive tackle, and that's huge. Their whole running running defense might be a, a, a big liability right now with Hicks going out. And the last game, the Minnesota Vikings played the Philadelphia Eagles, and they completely destroyed them. Um, it was... <laughs> they, they, it, the score is it, worse than the score looks. It is the score was thirty-eight to twenty, and Kirk Cousins, he just wanted to shut everybody up. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs too. Yeah, they, they look like they just want to shut everybody up, and they they had a hell of a game. Um, Kirk Cousins had three hundred and thirty-three yards, four touchdowns, one interception, but he was twenty-two for twenty-nine in that game, yeah. which is. Really good. Very good. Very good percentage. Um, Stephon Diggs, 11 targets for Stephon Diggs, but he has seven catches for 167 yards, three touchdowns. He bought out Thielen, uh, just being Thielen, um, balling out like always. Six catches, 57 yards, one touchdown. And Minnesota Vikings are looking looking good. That's all I got to say about the NFC North news. All right. Yep. All right, guys. <laughs> Alright guys, that is a wrap to episode 49 of the Pride Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed I hope our podcast could give you some, you know, I hope you guys made you laugh a little bit. And kind of, forget, <laughs> kind of made you forget a little bit about this football game a little more, but... I hope the ref's burning in hell. Wow, okay. Oh, whoa. Okay. Okay. Alright. We have... We have... We will have an episode for you guys on Thursday, I believe. Yeah, but we will have an episode for you guys Thursday, episode 50. 50, man, that's crazy. We have a big number coming up. I'm saying shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Talking about the Minnesota Vikings. Previewing them, but that is it, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed. I am out. Peace out, Lions fans. Take care. Pride Podcast is sponsored by The D-Line, a lifestyle brand celebrated by Detroit and the great state of Michigan. Visit thedline.com for awesome apparel, stickers, and more. Thedline.com, for Detroiters, made by Detroiters. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 
91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.